When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Podcast. With Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne chose. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Matt O'Han with you, the Hebrew Hammer, on this glorious Friday evening in Montreal, Quebec. A lot better than yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yesterday, uh, if you were affected by the floods and the flooding, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you're safe now and uh, everything has been sorted. I know yesterday for me, I uh, you know I finished work around four o'clock I made it onto the metro I actually left work a little early because I you know I said I don't want to I don't want to get stuck in the metro if the metro's flooded lo and behold uh, 45 minutes after I left work the metro station that I leave from got flooded anyway so uh, I hope you're safe I hope you're doing well and uh, thank you for being here the sick podcast brought to you by energy transportation group energy transportation group has been recently named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies the country's leading business award, recognizing innovative and world-class companies. The Best Managed Canadian Companies designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for our customers, our employees, and our communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. The Sick Podcast is also brought to you by Playground, your premier gaming destination. Playground's Summer Million is the must-play poker tournament event of the season, featuring 10 championship ring events, $1 million in guaranteed prize pools, and $500,000 guaranteed main event. Located just 
over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes away from downtown Montreal. Also brought to you by La Bite à TB beer, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bite à TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bite à TB, embrace your true nature. And of course, by Murphy Clinic, who are an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal, as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal Shop Angus, and our second on the North Shore in Terrebonne. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at Murphy Clinic. All right. So, um, you know, earlier in the week, Tony uh, and Eric Engels, they kind of graded the Habs offseason so far. I was kind of thinking, you know, there's not really much going on currently with the Habs. We could talk about Dominic Ducharme. We could t- uh, getting hired by Vegas. We could talk about Alex Galchenyuk and that whole messy situation over in Arizona. Um, but we're not going to do that. So with me today is Charles Alexi. Charles, uh, how we doing? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, so yeah, what what better time than now uh, to do way too early uh, expectations <laughs> for the Canadians uh, heading into next season? You know, good teams, uh, had good players, and bad teams have had some, uh, have still had some bad players, uh, some good players do well on them. You know, so we're, I'm gonna we're gonna draw some comparisons to that, but. Uh, yeah, we're not expecting much from the Canadians this year, I don't think. Yep. So um, let's start with Uri Slavkovsky. He's in the news a lot. You know, he's been working on his training and, uh, you know, his uh, cardio skills. Uh, like, what what are your expectations for him going in? You know what, Matt? He, I know that he didn't have the, the, the best of the first season in the NHL. But at the age of, what, 18 years old, you cannot have that much of an impact in the NHL if you're not an exceptional player. It's not going to be the same uh, The same thing I'm going to say about Conor Bedard because obviously he's a, he's a completely different player. Mm. But uh, a guy coming from Europe having an impact in the NHL is, is not easy. Um, of course, he was injured and he had to, to, to adjust to so many things. So, you know, no one expected him to, to, to be perfect. That being said, it's great to see that he's working on so many things and working not only uh, with the puck, but working with with his breath, the way he's, he's breathing, the way he's skating and everything. It's going to give him an edge on uh, on the other players because we don't see that very often, right? It's not often that we see a player working on his breath. I didn't know it, it could exist actually. So the, 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 the fact that he, he could grow into a different player could help him that being said, I'm afraid to um, – one of the concerns that I have is the fact that maybe he's going to be stuck in his head a little bit too much. I hope he's not going to say, okay, I'm going to breathe this way, I'm going to turn this way, I'm going to, I'm going to skate this way. I hope it's going to become natural. And if it becomes, of course, he's going to be a, a better player and we're going to see the results on the ice. I don't know if he's going to have the, the best of the season next year because he has uh, uh, maybe a few years before he, he can become the player that we all expect him to be or that the Canadians expect him to be. But if it's a first giant step in that direction, it's going to be a huge improvement because the, the Canadians don't need to, to win the Stanley Cup next year. So he can still make a few mistakes. But as, as long as he's progressing towards becoming uh, a better player, it's going to be fine. 
Yeah, you know, I, I like there's a couple things that uh, that I thought of while you were making your point uh, off your point, which is, you know, I'm a I'm I'm running right now. I'm I in the in training for running, you have to run slower to run faster. Mm-hmm. That's the way yeah. it works. It's because right. you need to control your heart rate and. Mm-hmm. One of the things I try to do is I try to control my breathing and I have my watch that tracks my heart rate while I'm running. So I always find when I'm focusing like, oh, what's my heart rate? What's my heart rate? What's my heart rate? And I'm constantly checking. I it's it's elevated. But it's funny when I don't think about it and then I'll look at it, you know, after five minutes, I'm like, oh, it's in the right spot. So. Mm it's it's one of those things that i'm sure it's going to have it's going to come natural to him eventually and it's a good yep. thing he's doing it in the off season um right. what what i really want to see from him you know goals and assists of course you know i uh, to put a number on it uh on the low end i'd like to see him score 15 goals uh that would be i think that would be nice um mm-hmm. but what i really want to see is the improvement of him you know keeping his head up because that was a major issue for me. Uh, I, I So I don't know if he's been working on that. I don't know if that's like something you can like really work on or if it's a subconscious thing. Because clearly, uh, when, you know, when he was playing in Slovakia, it's just a way more physical game in the NHL where you should be expecting to get hit on every shift. So uh, that that's really something that I think would improve his game tenfold and more points would come if he just kept his head up. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's one of the major points that, that we have with Slavkovsky. He, he, he's a big body. He's not supposed to be taken down by, by a smaller guy because he, he's such imposing. So, you know, he, I think at some point it, it's got to become subconscious because you don't want to get it. So you're, you're just going to look around you if there's someone when you have the puck because that's just the way it's going to work in the NHL. So if you can improve on that, uh, it's going to be huge aspect. And I wonder, I mean, you, you saw the pictures with the, with the glasses. Maybe that could help a little bit to, to work on his vision and to work on, the, uh, on everything that he can work. So uh, I'm sure it's going to have an impact. And I'm sure at some point, as I said, he, he's not going to want to be hit. So he's going to look up because he's going to learn as he goes. Yeah. And, and the other thing with him is, you know, it, it's good to see those things that he is working but the thing that scares me a little bit from a media perspective and a a fan perspective as well is just the pressure that's going to come with off the bat like I feel like Martin St. Louis has to do a great job which he always does with the media but he has to do a great job right away with setting the stage because those questions eventually when uh when training camp starts will prop up like what are the expectations for Uri Slavkovsky what are you looking looking to get out of him. And I I feel like he's going to have to do a very, very good job in managing those expectations. Because again, you know, like I I think of, you know, the, 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 whenever I'm asked about Yuri Slavkovsky, I always say different position. um, And, you know, he's also a first overall pick was Steven Stamkos. Like after his first year, he, he scored 23 goals, 23 assists after being dubbed like this goal scoring phenom in Sarnia and then, you know, everyone's calling him a bust after his first year. Well, then uh, his second year, he goes out and scores 50. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> He's not going to score 50 goals next year. But I think we just need to take a step back, realize that he was an 18-year-old kid. It's very, very early to call him a bust. Like, just right now, I'll prop up the stats uh, on my screen for uh, Nico Hishir because – 
he when he stepped into the league, you know, it took him a while. He only hit 80 points this year, this past year. His first mm-hmm. year he had 52. Then he got it. Then he went through some injury trouble. And, and finally he got things on track in what's now year six for him. So mm-hmm. these, these things could take time. And I'm sure Martin St. Louis is going to give him all the time in the world as long as he shows he's putting in the work. Exactly. And, you know, in his first year, Slavkovsky, he, he, he didn't have always the, the, the best teammates around him because the best guys were injured. And of course, himself was injured. But if you look at that center line without Sean Monahan, uh, I repeat this often, but the, the impact on the rest of the team is enormous because you have to, to, to promote Jake Evans or Christian Dvorak on bigger roles that they, they, they should have. Uh, because Kirby Doc was not necessarily a center at the time. So it was very complicated be- behind uh, Nick Suzuki. So this year, if the guy stays healthy a little bit more and you have a little bit more depth, maybe it's going to help the wingers too because you're going to have the right centermen to help you. And I mean, I, I-, I was talking about Monahan. I don't know, obviously, if he's going to play with Slavkovsky or who is he going to play with, but he's gonna- Slavkovsky is going to play with a good centerman, I think, this year. And this mm-hmm. could have an impact too because it, it all starts from there. So uh, to, to put a number value on uh, expectations, fully healthy season, for all the players we're going to name, we're going to assume that they played 82 games. Uh, if you had to put a number value on goals, assists, uh, points, how many, how many are you, do you want to see from him? Like you're, what are you expecting from him personally from a points perspective? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I would like to see one point every two games so maybe mm. i don't know something like you, you talked about 15 goals something like 15 25 assists 40 points or something like that i think would be a, a fair assessment i it, obviously it can be more if he plays the right way but i'm not necessarily expecting a lot i don't think it's too much for for a guy who's still a kid but i don't think it's mm. too low either yeah i agree with you because uh and i think even saying i I agree with you know 40 points would be a a successful season for him i would even go as far to say as maybe i'm uh, maybe my expectations are too high and you know martin st louis needs to manage my expectations Mm -hmm. but you know he is still a first overall pick i i would like to maybe even see 50 points out of him you know like surprise me really because Mm -hmm. i think expectations are are right now as they stand they're getting higher but you know at the end of last season you know before all the pictures of him with the sunglasses looking shredded working out on the ice and all that i i think expectations were pretty low amongst people because you know uh, that's the way people are they kind of just consider mm-hmm. him a bust after his first season and that's okay but 
he he still is a uh, a first overall pick. So I think fifty points, anywhere between forty and fifty, should be is uh, should be what we're expecting from Uri Slavkovsky. Uh, the next pairing is very interesting. It, we're going to do two players at once because again we're going to assume well one of them. It's pretty safe to say he'll play 82 games should everything go well. But the other one, I want to see at least play, you know, 75, 70 games, which is Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Um, Mm -hmm. This pairing to me, it's, you know, you don't have to look too far back. You could look as far as as uh, last year in Ottawa, you know, expectations were a little high. So it's a high there. So it's different in that sense. But Tim Stutzla and Brady Kachuk. Tim Stutzla took a big, big step last year. He had 90 points. He actually led the Senators in scoring uh, after the previous year, only having 58. The year before that, only 29. So that's a pairing to me that, uh, you know, it was a, it ended up being a bad team, but it, they were expected to be good. But those two players still performed very, very well. 90 points for Stutzla, 80, 83 for Brady Kachuk. What are we expecting from Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki next year? You know, um, at the beginning of last season, uh, with the first 25 games, which were the games where Monan were playing, I think Suzuki had something like 32, 33 points. And I don't think I'm exaggerating. So he was on pace to be a 100-player point. Um, at the end of the season, he finished with 60-something because he drastically stop making points because he was literally alone on that team. So <laughs> I think I think the truth is between the two. I don't necessarily think he is yet a 100 points player, but I don't think he is uh, a 60 point either. So I think he's at least a point per game, and I think maybe a little bit more. So for Suzuki, I'm going to say something around 85 to 90 points. I think it's realistic if uh, the, the, the team around him is healthy and if everything goes well. I think it's realistic. Um, and as for Cole Caulfield, you know, he, he may go to that 40-goal season. I think it's realistic to to ask him of that. Maybe around the same number of uh, assists. So probably something a little bit under Nick Suzuki, around point per game. So maybe in, uh, 85 to 90 for uh, for Nick Suzuki and something like 80 points with 40 goals for um, for Cole Caulfield. I think it's it could be fair for, for those guys. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. Uh, the main thing that's going to have to happen for, for that to happen uh, on a consistent basis, because like you said, you know, at the beginning of last year, uh, Suzuki was on fire. I, I remember that. And it was it was nuts what, what he was doing on the ice. I mean, we were all in awe and we were like, oh, my God, he's arrived. Uh, I just got named captain and he's really relishing this moment. Um, what What needs to happen for that is. I mean, it's the oldest, it's the oldest storyline in, in Montreal. And you know, it's about to come out of my mouth because I just said that is the power play. They mm-hmm. really, really need to figure out that power play because that's just so many extra, like, it, it seems like, imagine you're just scoring, you know, you scored 20 more power play goals than you did. How many more, how many more points is that in the standings? If you're going to score 20 more power play goals, it's, it's a crazy amount of yeah. points. So it, it, they really need to figure that out and it's only going to benefit, you know, Caulfield and Suzuki. I don't know who's in charge. I don't know if it's the players on the ice that need to figure it out. I don't know if it's the coaching staff that needs to figure it out, but that needs to get figured out. When, when you say Cole Caulfield, you know, I I'm on, I'm on the same train as you. I think, uh, I think 40 goals should be the expectation, 
you know, let's say, you know what, a baseline 35. He should hit 35 yeah. uh, at the bare minimum if he plays an 82-game season. Um, Points-wise, you know, I, I think that that's one thing before he signed his contract that I said that a lot of people are going to have to manage expectations on Caulfield and really just look at what he's doing in terms of goal production because he's – I think he was on pace for – you know, 62 points last year. And that's with his 46 goals that he was on pace for. Yep. He's not going to be setting a lot of people up. So I, I think, you know, expect maybe 60, anywhere between 60 and 70 points from him. Because like I made the comparison between him, uh, him and Suzuki being like Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla, they're not the same types of players. So I, I think um, Caulfield, though, I, I just want to see him play through a full season. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, that's the same for me. And uh, I'm sure it's the same for him too, because um, <clears throat> at this first season in the NHL, I mean, it was the, the short season. He just finished it and playing the playoffs. After that, he went to Laval. So he, he never played ne uh, near to 82 games in a season. I'm, I'm pretty sure though, you, you're right about the assists because he, he scores way more than he assists. But I, I think with the, the, the depth of the team, I think he's going to maybe a little more passes than, than he did before. Maybe uh, even point was a little bit of a stretch, but he, he's going to have more than the, the the 10 or 15 or 20 passes that people expect. So yeah, maybe a 40, 30 could be, could, could be a good setup for him because I, I think with Nick Suzuki and whoever's going to play on their right and if the power play runs well and does not necessarily go through him, because that's what we learned during the second uh, half of the season of of course the power play was not good but it went through so many people and Caulfield is not the only one who can score so I think he's gonna maybe be able to have a few passes too on the power play so that's a that's my prediction I think I think he's gonna have a, a way more assist than than we think I, you know what? I hope you're right because uh, if he's just that goal scorer, I mean, listen, there's a premium on goal scoring in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, yeah. that—that—that's what you're paid to do. But I, I would like to see him be more than—I don't want to call him a one-dimensional player because that's like kind of not the right term to use because you don't want to compare him to Mike Hoffman because he's not Mike Hoffman. Yeah. But that's that's how people describe Mike Hoffman: one-dimensional player. All he could do is shoot the puck. Cole Caulfield is a little more electrifying than that. But uh, so I, I hope you're right on that standpoint. Um, the other thing it leads us perfectly into this is, uh, you know, we'll talk about Kirby Doc and Alex Newhook, but let, let's dive into something else of like, don't you find it, it relates to those two players, but don't you find Kent Hughes, he still has to, I mean, it's a big job, but he, he's got to get rid of another centerman. Like that should be his, in my opinion, the next thing on his priority list. Cause the Canadians now have five, uh, you know, maybe even six. If you're, if you're counting doc uh, and new hook together there, like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like he should be trying to get rid of a player that you mentioned in Christian Dvorak because he's the, the quote unquote third line center, but, you know, you want Kirby Doc to be continuing on the playing at center because he did very, very well when he was yep. there. And right. you want Alex Newhook because he's still a young guy to be playing center because I don't know if it's one of those things like riding a bike where you never forget once you get it um, mm -hmm. or if it's like muscles and if you don't use it, you lose it. So yeah. I don't know what to be there for a young player, but I just want those guys to be playing the positions that they were drafted to play, which is center. And yep. there's a guy in the way for that. And his name is uh, Christian Dvorak, unfortunately for him. 
Yeah, well, yeah, we can agree uh, with that. Um, you know, there, there's a logjam at, at Ford's right now. Um, I want them, one of them to, to be traded at some point because you need to, to make room for those kids. I don't necessarily uh, want it to be a center per se. I, I want a forward in general, but you're right about the point that if we keep all of those guys, we're going to need to, to make room for them because if you want to bring Alex Newhook and give him a four-year contract and give him the opportunity to, to, to become the player that he can be, if he can be a center man, you need to try him. And the Habs are going to try him because as we saw last year with Kirby Doc, we, uh, we traded for him with the intention of, of having a good player. And we started him on the wings. And after 10 games, everybody in Montreal was ready to call him a winger for life. And that, uh, mm. that right winger for the first line with Caulfield and Suzuki, and it was done. But, you know, even if it worked, uh, the, the Habs wanted to try him at center. So, so they, they moved him out of there and they put him at center, even if it was not easy at times. And if he was better at wings, they wanted to, to make those experiments because it's time right now, Matt, to try this. You're not going to want to try Kirby Doc and Alex Newhook at center in two, three, four, five years when the Habs hopefully are going to try to win a Stanley Cup. You want to try to, to try it right now when they're going to miss the playoffs and when they can make mistakes. So the, the way I see it, you need at least to, to have Doc at center. And I would like to, to, um, to have that, um, that connection that he had with Sean Monahan where they played together at the beginning of the season and uh, Doc was playing center, but Monahan was taking some draws when Doc couldn't make it. <laughs> and that, that, that connection with a, a veteran guy who can really help him and who puts him second, who puts himself second to say, okay, I'm here for the greater good and I'm here to, to help those, uh, those young guys produce. So that's what I want to see. And if it, if it helps uh, by getting rid of uh, Christian Dvorak, of course, it's the, the, the thing you should try to do. That being said, another thing that we learned with Kent Hughes is he's not going to take shortcuts. He's not going to mm. give a second rounder, for example, to, to get rid of the contract. He, he wants to, to, to give values to his player. He wants to establish himself as a GM who's not just going to give up uh, and, and give something to the other GMs when it's not working. He wants to retain something for his players. He sees values in his players. So maybe it's going to be hard to, to trade Dvorak. Uh, even uh, You know, he's not going to be uh, able to start the season because of his injury, mm -hmm. probably. So it, it's going to be hard to get rid of, uh, of Christian Dvorak. But if he plays well, maybe at the deadline, you can, you can retain some money and try to trade. So... Uh, the, the guy, let's, let's move back on the two guys that, uh, you know, I don't want to say he's quote unquote inhibiting, but, uh, you know, he's taking up a roster spot. That's what it is. Like you said, there's a log jam at forwards. Uh, let, let's touch on Kirby doc expectations for him. You know, like the, he went through stretches. He had a tough beginning of a tough, uh, tough middle of the season, but then I found around, maybe it was around Christmas time or just after Christmas around new year's. He like he he arrived like he was here and then he fell to injury and then it, it took him a couple of games to come back, uh, you know, to get back into the swing of things. But then, you know, he had a really, really strong end of the season, which you love to see, um, especially with the team that they were putting out on the ice. Uh, so what are we what are we expecting from Kirby Doc? Uh, you know, I want to say 60 points. I feel like I'm being too optimistic there. But uh, I don't know. I feel like he could do it because, you know, he's that big body centerman. Again, drafted third overall for a reason. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a third overall pick. So I think those expectations are, are, are pretty fair. 
You know, I, I think Kirby Doc played really well when he, he was uh, was not injured when he was actually playing. Um, I think the 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 challenge for him is going to be constant consistency. You know, the to 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 play the same way or around the same way for the entire season. And when he was playing at his best, I I don't think he's going to be two, three, the uh, four times better than that this year. I think he still has room to to really really improve. But I think that. The, in the best case scenario, we're going to see a Kirby Doc similar to the one uh, he was when he was at his best, but for a longer period of time. So maybe something around, you know, 50, 55, 60 points around the, those spots could be something good. Um, as I said, I, I really think he's going to progress a lot in the, in the, the consistency fact, but I don't think he's going to be way more impressive than he was on the ice because he was already really, really impressive. I think he's going to need to, to, to establish himself to, to that level. And maybe in the next years, he's going to take those next steps to become the player that the, the Hawks signed him in 2019. Yeah. And again, just like the, the thing is, is, I feel like, again, Kirby Doc expectations last year, they were pretty, pretty low, you know, but like the Canadians at the, still at the end of the day got a third overall player and yeah. he was drafted to be a third overall, to be a third overall pick uh, type of player. So again, I, I think really, you know, we could say, st- I mean, how old is he? he? Must be like 21 or 22 still. So he is yeah. still very, very young. And uh, you know, again, it's not the perfect comparison because they're not the same player. But again, like a player that was drafted first overall was Nathan McKinnon in 2013. You know, mm-hmm. his first, you know, his first four years, I'm looking right now in front of me, you know, rookie season, 63 points. And then three kind of underwhelming seasons for a first overall pick, 53 points. And then just Colorado bottomed out. And then he figured it out the next year from 53 points to 97 in eight less games, I should add. So, you know, these guys could just figure it out at the drop of a hat. And I I think Kirby Doc is one of those guys. And I I think Canadians fans, you know, like are in love with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki as they should be. But I I have a feeling in the next maybe two or three years, they're going to be in love with Kirby Doc for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. He's a hell of a player, and you know, I I, I read something who says, imagine if in twenty if it's in twenty nineteen the Habs decided to to trade further picks and to to bring three first round picks to draft number three, number fifteen, and number sixteen, uh, Kirby Doc, Cole Caulfield, and Alex Newhook, and that's exactly what happened. Except that it happened a few years after, and Kirby Doc had some years in Chicago, and Newhook won a Stanley Cup in uh, in Colorado. But at, at the end of the day, we have all of those guys, which is a, a, a good draft, the 2019 one. We have three of the 16 first players, and they are still young. They still need to, to adapt. Two of them need to adapt to another team because they got traded. They got to, to figure it out and to, to figure out why I, I was traded and what I need to, right. to work on. But, you know, there is a lot of potential in those players and Kirby Doc was the third overall. So, you know, t- technically in 2019, he was the best of the three of them. And maybe it can change. And probably that Cole Caulfield is going to be a better player at the end of his career than Kirby Doc. But if he can figure it out and if he can become that big centerman with a lot of upside, the Habs are going to be really, really, really happy about it. So the last one we'll talk about uh, is Alex Newhook. Um, I'm very interested because I'll be honest. I, I, 
I don't know much about him. I don't know much yeah. about his game. Um, all I know is, you know, the biggest thing that Habs fans were split on, it was like one half of uh, Habs fans were like, oh my God, we just got the 16th uh, overall pick right after Cole Caulfield. This is great. Another Kirby Doc 2.0 reclamation project. Uh, and the other half was, why the hell did we give up a first and a second round pick for a guy that was on the best offensive team in the NHL and he only managed to put up 30 points? So I don't really know much about him. I just, you know, so you, you sell me on him. You sell me on Alex Newhook. What are your expectations? And maybe based off what you're telling me, I could build based off of that. You know, um, when you, you're young like this and you play for a, a team as good as Colorado, I think it's hard to, to, to make your way. And the biggest aspect for me is uh, the confidence because, you know, he, they tried him on that, on that second line trying to, to replace Nazem Kadri, and he did, it didn't work because he wasn't ready to be a, a top six guy for a Stanley Cup contender. So they demoted him to, to third line and it comes with less good players and there were a lot of injuries too in Colorado. So I think his confidence was really shattered during that year because he wanted to help, but he wasn't able to, to do it the way he can do it. Now you bring him with a guy like Martin Saint-Louis and Adam Nicholas and everybody who's there. Can't use his former agent, take a, took a chance on him with two good picks, 31 and 37 overall. So I, I think just the, the, the confidence aspect is really great. Now he's coming with a four-years contract, and I think he's going to see it, say, hey, you know what? They, they gave up a little bit less for me than for Kirby Dog, and they gave up a little bit less in money too than, than Kirby Dog. So they see me around his level and look at what he can accomplish, look what he can do. So I think just at that, that standpoint, it's going to help. Now you put him on that ice with, I, I think there's going to be good players in, in the offensive corps in Montreal. And you give him the opportunity to say, you know what? You can make mistake now. It's not forbidden because we're not going to bench you because we absolutely need to win. So I think just that aspect is going to change a lot. He is a player with a lot of upside. He can play centerman. He can play wings. Uh, he, he has really like a, a lot of potentials. You see seasons he had in Boston College. He, he really is a good player. So I, I, I think that maybe, I mean, maybe it's not going to work because as you said, it's a reclamation project. He never really uh, clicked in the NHL. So we don't know for sure that he's going to do it in Montreal. But I'm confident that if Kent Hughes felt that he needed to give two good picks to, to get him, it's mm. because he saw something in him. And he saw that he, he has that ability to, to, to produce in the NHL. He brings that experience of the Stanley Cup in Colorado. So you know what it takes to, to, to go all the way to win. So uh, I'm actually excited about the Alex Newhook. Yeah, so I, I, again, like I don't know much about his strengths and his weaknesses. But what I do know is that, you know, he... he he put up points in Colorado and that's what counts. So he's still, we know he's an NHL player. He could play in the league. And again, another 22 year old kid that was kind of basically thrown off to the side and Kent Hughes, obviously, you know, he knows him well because he was his agent, like you said. So I think that, you know, they're building a modern hockey team. Who says he has to be a, a traditional shutdown centerman on a third line with all those defensive responsibilities? No, that's not the way the NHL is going. You could have three lines. Even in some cases, some teams have four lines rolling that could score. So 
I, I think it's depending on how much ice time he gets. You know, if he's getting 15, 15, 16 minutes a night, you could only do so much. But if they're rolling lines, and I don't know how they would do this, but, you know, like these three, these three lines are getting around 18 minutes each. I think, uh, you know, 40, 50 points even is, is very fair expectation. Um, because again, like you said, he's going to, he's going to be out there. He doesn't have to worry about making mistakes and the Canadians are going to start him off or very early on. And since he's here, he's going to know what the plan is for him. And they're going to say, you got to run with this. The ball's in your court. Now we want, we think you could do this, go out and show us you could do it. If not, well, you know, you're going to be, you're going to see your ice time start dwindling. But I really think with all the talent that's there in the forward, in the forward group, in the prospect pool, they're not going to be building your, uh, your team. That's, you know, fourth line is crash and bang third line. You know, we'll be happy if you get some points, but really you're just out there to shut down some other guys. And then the first two lines handle all the business. That's not the way the NHL is going. And that's not the way you build a successful team anymore. No, exactly. And you know, the, <clears throat> he, he fits in what could be a, an, an excellent third lineman because he, he's fast and of course he can play on, on 200 feet, but he, he is skilled too. So he, if he ends up on that line, because for example, you have Suzuki and Doc on the first uh, two center spots, you can have a, a, a modern team, as you just said, because he, he can handle the way differently that the way it's constructed right now. Because right now on the third line, you have a guy like Christian Dvorak, who's that shutdown defenseman, that uh, ideal third centerman on a Stanley Cup, as some, uh, some people say. And you have mm -hmm. Brendan Gallagher next to him, who, who's not able to produce some points anymore the way he used to be. So whoever's going to be on their left, he's not going to produce a lot of points because it, it became, by default, a, a defensive line. But if those guys... Uh, are out the door in, in, in a few years and you bring in young guys who are talented, who are fast, and of course who can play defensively, but who can support uh, the, the first two, two lines, it's going to have a huge impact. And you know, just like me, that <clears throat> you need a good third, third line to, to win in the NHL. Look at the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They invested a lot of money and a lot of picks in, the, in that third lineman because you know, you know, you're gonna win with Kucherov and with Stamkos and all those guys, mm -hmm. but they need to be supported properly to to win the the Stanley Cup in in a league who's as fast as ever. You know, we're 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 running out of time, but you know what? We didn't give any love to the defensive group. So what we're gonna do is, uh, I want to thank you for your time um, and, and thank you for joining us as you usually do on the Sick Podcast. Um, and next time we speak, we're going to get you on in the very, very near future. Next time we speak, we're going to talk about way too early. Maybe it might just be early uh, at that point, but way too early expectations for the defensive group because all the love is going to the forward group. But man, I think uh, just as a little preview, I, I think... I expect really, I, it might not be fair, but I'm expecting the world of Caden Gouley next year. Yeah, yeah. He, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a, a hell of a defenseman. And we, we saw it last year. He wasn't in the rotation of the guys that uh, would be in the stands because there were too many guys. No, no, that, that guy was playing and he was having good minutes. So, you know, defensive were, uh, win championships, as they say. And I think yep. uh, Jeff Gorton and Kent Hughes decided that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> So I, next time we speak, we're going to talk defense. Uh, we spoke offense today. Charles, thank you very much and enjoy your weekend. Thank you very much.
All right. And thank you all for listening. Uh, I got to get out of here because I got big plans for the weekend. Uh, shout out to Mason Brenhouse. I'll see you tomorrow. Congratulations, buddy. We'll catch you next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.